When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. So this is going to be sort of my weekly wrap-up video, but maybe a little more abbreviated than usual. And there's really only two topics I'm going to cover. The first of which is the one that I kind of talk about in the description of this video, the relationship that we've been witnessing lately between the bond market, the sovereign bond market, and the silver and gold market. Now, as we wrap up this week, I'm, I'm recording this shortly, you know, an hour and a half roughly after market close here on Friday. Uh, gold ending the week just north of 1510, silver just north of $17 an ounce. All things considered, things are still looking great for both markets. You know, I talked about in my video yesterday, my, my price forecast. By the way, check it out. There's a bit of a contest uh, silver giveaway in that video itself. Uh, so it's just the one I put out yesterday. But but I talked about how, at, you know, at some point I wouldn't be surprised if there's a, a decent-sized pullback in silver and gold, a, a sort of a, a uh, bull market pullback. And to see them continuing, you know, gold above 1500 silver still above $17 is very, very encouraging. Now, what has been a little surprising over the last couple months with this rally in silver and gold is the fact that it's occurred despite the US dollar, in particular the DXY, trading you know, about sideways, all things considered. It's been obviously up and down along the way, but it hasn't moved a whole lot despite the fact that gold has moved up uh, something like $200 uh, and silver has moved up something like you know $2. Uh, announce, and and that's interesting, and and I want to talk about the reasons for that. Now, reason number one is that that we can say that this is safe haven buying for gold, Be, because of the trade war, because of of the yuan devaluation or European weakness or whatever it is that this is safe haven buying, and that maybe some of that has carried over to the dollar as well, helping prop up the dollar. Because you know, in many countries, for many investors, dollars are a safe haven asset. But but that gold is catching that bid as well. Now, another potential reason for for why uh, gold is is moving up, despite the fact that that the dollar is basically trading sideways, relates to the bond market. And and that's where I think this is really interesting. And I've talked about it a bit in the past, and and many other commentators have the craziness in the bond market that is only getting crazier. I mean, irrationality, maybe that's a better term to use here. Irrationality has existed in the U.S. bond market and, and sovereign debt around the world, especially Europe and, and Japan, for many years now. Yields are have been irrationally low for a long time now. Part of it's QE, part of it's expectations of low inflation or deflation in the future, but it, it, it all just doesn't quite make sense to me when I look at the long-term prospects for the U.S. being able to somehow, or, or any of these European countries for the most part, to somehow get out of this 
debt trap, which ultimately I think will devolve into a currency trap, a currency destruction, devaluation. It doesn't make sense to me that, yeah, right now maybe inflation is, is, isn't as high as, as uh, I don't know, I still think it's fairly high, but, but not, I'm not talking necessarily like 10, 15% or something like that. But to expect for that to be the case many years out into the future, I mean, a great example would be something like the, the Austrian 100-year bond, which is trading at a very low rate. I mean, that's reflecting a high degree of confidence among investors of low inflation for 100 years out into the future, or even 10 years, 30 years. I mean, it's, it's irrational, and it's only getting more irrational. In fact, last time I checked, this was, I think, yesterday, today, the amount of negative yielding sovereign debt around the world recently topped 16 trillion. I mean, I feel like it was a month ago, a month and a half ago, that I was talking about the, the total being somewhere around 13 trillion. But the, the number continues to move up. And, and that's talking about nominal yields, the actual yield being negative. We're not talking real rates or real yields when you take into inflation. So, for example, basically the entire U.S. yield curve is now negative when we're talking about real rates. If we're going to say inflation is around or above 2%, hey, the 30-year bond recently dipped below 2% yield for the first time. So we're talking... $21 trillion worth, 22 now, somewhere along those lines, of U.S. debt that is now effectively negative yielding, zero or, zero or negative when we're talking about real rates. And, and when you look in the, you know, from a broader perspective, a global perspective, right, we're talking upwards of what, 30, 40, 50 trillion dollars of sovereign debt. And, and you can add into some of that uh, uh, corporate debt that is now trading at zero or negative when we're talking about real rates or real yields. That's crazy. That's irrational. That is ultimately going to blow up. But how does this relate to the gold and silver market? Well, bonds historically have been seen as a safe haven asset. And they're continuing to to be seen as just that. I mean, that's part of the reason that these yields continue to drop. But with lower and lower yields and more and more global debt yielding negative rates, there's a less and less incentive for people to buy it. Doesn't mean they won't, obviously. This can get a lot crazier. Hey, the entire U.S. yield curve can go negative before this ultimately blows up. But there's less incentive for that, and there's a greater incentive for gold. Because, hey, what's one of the big criticisms of, of gold in general. It's that it doesn't yield anything. There's no dividend. There's no yield. It's just a dead asset. And I think that's exactly what some people, some banks, some corporations need on their balance sheet, their portfolio right now. Same thing goes for silver. But I get it. I mean, that's kind of one of the, the downsides to it. But when all of a sudden you're comparing it to you know, the U.S. 10-year at 1.5%, which is negative when you account for inflation, or uh, German or French or, or Spanish or whatever bonds that are, I don't know if Spanish are negative, but certainly um, German, uh, French bonds, I believe, are, and, and all those other Swiss or, or Japanese bonds, JGBs, that are all of a sudden negative yielding, Gold all of a sudden makes a little more sense because, hey, at least it's not negative yielding. It's it's neutral. Now, of course, the great thing about gold is is even if we're going to say that it's it's fairly valued, that, that it's not drastically undervalued, which I think it is, but if we're going to say it's fairly valued, 
it's going to at least keep pace with inflation. So there's going to be some sort of a yield along the way. But then if you all of a sudden say that, hey, it's, it's in a bull market now, it's on the move up and it has a long ways to move because it's been so dormant or suppressed for such a long time, you know, the incentive to buy silver and gold is huge. And that incentive only grows with a greater amount of negative yielding debt. So as irrational as it is, I think it's a great thing for silver and gold. And it's part of the reason why the dollar can stay steady or even rise. And along the way, gold and silver continue to rise because all of a sudden, the incentive to buy them as a safe haven asset continues to grow with every trillion dollars that's added to that amount of, of, of global debt that's now negative yielding. Negative yields, such a crazy concept, right? I saw a headline the other day, Denmark. I think it's Denmark. That's now there's a bank that's now offering a, a negative yielding or negative interest rate mortgage. Like what? I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it it blows my mind. I get the reasons why some people buy it because they think that the price isn't going to go up further. I mean, remember, yields operate inverse to price. So this means that this is a huge, massive, astronomical price bubble in these bonds. And then in other cases, they're buying it for liquidity or because they have to, right? I'm talking about financial institutions and banks and whatnot. And of course, there's central banks that are buying it as well. But it, it's, it's insane. It's, it's irrational. But it certainly can get more irrational. And silver and gold are going to do nothing but benefit from that. But if it does ultimately blow up, hey, guess what? <laughs> that is bad news. When this bond market ultimately blows up, I, I can't even, uh, it's difficult for me to wrap around my head around, you know, just how bad that would be. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's maybe a sweet spot here, right? Let's say U.S. yields are between 2 and 3% or, or, or all of a sudden European yields move back up above zero or Japanese bonds or whatever. Okay, that's not crazy high. That's not a crazy blow up this bubble. It's a, it, it is a deflation of the bubble. But in the whole scheme of things, it's not like the, the end of the world. But when we see yields, when we see this really pop and yields really move up, I mean, it's going to be largely, I think, due to inflationary pressures and because of risk of default in some of these countries and a blow up of these currencies, whether it's the euro, the yen, or the dollar, the pound, whatever. And that's going to be bad. That's going to be bad news. And so it's sort of like silver and gold. You, you can't lose. And, and I don't know. I mean, obviously, don't take this as investment advice. I always have to give that disclaimer, I feel like. But, but you can't lose. Yields go down, you win. Yields go up, that could be even worse, and you still win. So I want to talk about that, that correlation and, and part of why maybe we're seeing this, this strange divergence in, in the silver and gold markets versus the dollar and how the bond market comes into play and, and why the bond market can absolutely work in their favor. So anyways, um, you know, I, I, I was thinking about covering a different topic, but I think I'm going to let it go for the time being and maybe save it for next week, one of my videos, one of my sort of wrap-up videos. So as always, I want to say once again, guys, thank you for your support. It's been another great week here at the uh, Silver Fortune YouTube channel slash podcast. So as always, if you want to support me, the number one thing you can do, you have already done, and that is watch this video, listen to this podcast. But if you want to go above and beyond, liking, commenting, leaving a review, that's a quick and easy step. 
But, you know, if there's still more you want to do, you certainly can support me on Patreon on a monthly basis. Or you can also use my affiliate link down below in the description to buy from SD Bullion if you're already a stacker. You're already buying silver and gold anyways. But as always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, listening to this podcast, and God bless.